Kyle Charters here sitting in for Jared for another half an hour. He will be back on uh, Monday with you from 3 until 4 o'clock. Of course, uh, the Boiler basketball, I did lie. I'm here for night. I can't even remember how long I'm here. Uh, Boiler basketball show coming up at uh, 4 o'clock. Jeff Julik and I will uh, break down uh, the Boilermakers against uh, Davidson tomorrow. We'll be joined by Alan Karpik and Nate Barrett as well. Right now... Let's go to the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline and bring in Brian Newbert of goldandblack.com. Brian, it's been a a busy week around Purdue, not because of basketball, however. Maybe it would be many weeks when Purdue becomes the number one team in the country. This week we've been distracted a little bit by football, but we'll move back into basketball mode as the top-ranked Boilermakers uh, get underway again against Davidson uh, tomorrow. Do you think this has been a, a, a good break for Purdue, having moved to number one and maybe had some time for that to to sink in a little bit before they resume play tomorrow? Yeah, hey, you didn't just hear me coughing, did you? Uh, no, I did not. Okay, I'm going to do my best here because I've still got a little bit of the, <laughs> the run into the runs of flu from Nebraska this weekend. But, um... <laughs> I've invented a whole new strain of illness. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I didn't catch that at first, but I got it. I'm, uh, with, I'm with you. So, um, you know, Purdue's in probably number one. The fact that this has happened so quickly, you know, yeah. I, I think, you know, uh, first off, I think this group, you know, is is a little more well wired to handle all that comes with being number one. Uh, but also, I, I don't know if they've they've had to. Uh, they've had to really um, go through some of the things that would condition a team to not handle it well. Um, you know, last year's team was kind of coronated before the season as one of the best teams in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think there was there was a lot of um, opportunity to buy into it, to read your press clippings. I think there were you know some upperclassmen on that team in particular that you know, didn't always handle success very well. And I think that, that, that bled down to the entire team at times and set kind of some, some dubious tones. I think these guys are just like, like what Matt Painter always says about recruiting is when, when kids aren't like five star guys, four star guys, whatever, they don't deal with the crap that, that coaches have to undo when they get to, when they get to college. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of where I think this team is too. This just, all kind of happened so quickly with a bunch of level-headed dudes who are just playing really well right now that I I don't know if that traditional trapping is a thing. Um, that said, they do have to get ready for all that comes with this now because when you have that number next to your name, especially in the Big Ten, especially on the road, you're going to get um, you know you're going to get something a little extra from people. And I think you know maybe they did it in Nebraska already. Now I think when you really kind of deconstruct the the Nebraska game, you look at them having a run of uh, three-point shooting that they're not really going to you know, exhibit very often. Uh, but I also think they played really hard, too, and I think they tried really hard, and I think they defended unlike, unlike Nebraska teams normally do. Uh, and Purdue had one of those games where it just it didn't shoot great, and it was kind of this convergence of things. But I think... You know, when you're in that situation that Purdue was in there where the home team rallied to erase a big deficit and then the younger team, um, you know, managed to settle itself and still win that game, I think that was that was a big moment for Purdue. I know people, 
you know, don't really look at Nebraska ever as uh, a good win or a quality win. But I think when you look at the circumstances of that game, uh, I think that was a big moment for Purdue. Uh, you know, also, I, I, I don't know how much attention Purdue got this week. In the Purdue market, I mean, everybody was talking <laughs> yeah. about football. And it, it, it's just a sort of bizarre world deal where the basketball team's number one in the country and everybody's thinking about football. Um, so I... I I don't think there's really a whole lot of red flag there to be raised uh, in terms of you know Purdue's ability to handle this. That being said, the games get tough now. I mean, uh, well, the games get tough here in a couple weeks um, yeah. when Big Ten play starts, and uh, you know Purdue's going to have to be ready for that. Nothing that Purdue has done to this point in this improbable start to the season raises any level of concern that Purdue's not going to be ready for the moment when the moment comes. Um, but things are going to get tough. Yeah, I've sat here uh, hosting this show all week. This is the first segment of the entire week that I have devoted exclusively to Purdue basketball. <laughs> and the team became the number one team in the country on Monday. It's crazy to consider that, but we've been distracted, uh, obviously, by, by football this week. I think, Brian, in the preseason, I asked you if this year's team's ceiling was as high as last year. I think your answer, and I felt the same, was that, no, this team's uh, ceiling is lower Having watched them now for 10 games, do you still feel that way? Uh, no, this team has a lower ceiling. Um, because you don't have um, that really, really high-end talent. Um, you know, in, in terms of the Jaden Ivey, uh, you know, last year's team um, was more of a proven shooting team, I think, than this team has been so far. Um, uh, and I think that's the sort of stuff that when you get to the, you know, when you get to the, the nuts and bolts of a Big Ten championship race and when you get to the NCAA tournament, things like that, that stuff tends to really stick out. That being said, this team defends. This team pays mm-hmm. attention to details on defense. This team um, is good about taking care of the basketball. And these things are atypical. Look, I mean... What has happened and what very reasonably should have been expected to happen have been two very different things here because <laughs> yeah. it is really hard to be really good and, more importantly, really solid right away in college basketball with freshman guards. Yeah, And there has been no concern whatsoever with either of those guys from day one. I think, personally, and... We have to move on from litigating last season, all that stuff. But I think, I think Zach Eady has, you know, moving into this much more prominent role. I think has gone beyond points and rebounds and right. and stuff like that, and defensive improvement. All that stuff's really important. But I think now that you're, you're, he has really come a long way as a presence, as a leader, as a provider of steadiness and consistency, and just a guy who keeps his head down and just keeps doing his job. You know, every single game, uh, he just does his job. And, you know, I don't think that was the case last year uh, necessarily. And I think uh, not for him, but for his position, uh, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. Um, I think projecting that sort of stability over 30 minutes and it being on an every single game basis I think has really set some of the tones for this team that last year's team needed um, and didn't get. And I, I think for as good as he's been, 
as a scorer, as a rebounder, as a defender, as everything. I think his consistency, his steadiness, and his approach to the game has just really, really uh, kind of become the personality of this team to a certain extent. Yeah. Talking to Brian Newbert of goldandblack.com on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Purdue has not always played particularly well in these host finals week games. And Davidson, you know, is a good program and has a, a decent, if not better than decent, team this year. They beat some teams, South Carolina. Uh, they beat uh, San Francisco, which is a, a pretty good program, has a pretty good team, it seems like, this year. So they have a couple of wins out there. We know Foster, a lawyer, plays for them, guy that played at Michigan State, obviously is having a, a really good year, can score the basketball. Uh, Purdue will have to play well to win uh, even tomorrow. I mean, I think the assumption is Purdue will keep this thing going at least back into uh, the Big Ten. But it's not like it's a walk in the park tomorrow against the Wildcats either. No. Um, this is a... This is a um, more difficult game than I think people will give it credit for. I think people, to a certain extent, you know, viewed this as a relatively unexciting entry to the schedule uh, Mm -hmm. to replace the Crossroads Classic. I think Purdue had to find an opponent. I think Purdue had to find a a quality opponent. What you don't want to do is go get, like, um, Evansville or something. All due respect to Evansville. Um, And I think Davidson's a solid program, a good program. There's a storyline here. The Lawyer Brothers, um, they've historically been very well coached. I know they've gone through a uh, coaching transition since then, but I, I think they're pretty much the same. Um, I think that uh, this will be a quality game for Purdue. It's not like Purdue hasn't been tested yet. You know, It's not like they've just made this non-conference schedule to just, to just rack up wins here. It's, yeah. you know, if, um, it's okay that you're playing Davidson. It's okay that you're playing Davidson after you've played Duke, Gonzaga, you know, at Florida State, Marquette, West Virginia, on and on and on here. It's not like Purdue hasn't been pushed, uh, hasn't put itself up against the best out there. Um, I think this will be a good game. You know, I I remember Foster Lawyer, uh, when I first saw him play AAU, he was playing with the Michigan Mustangs. It was at, um, I think, I can't remember what high school it was in Atlanta. It doesn't matter, but I remember watching him play and thinking, Jeez, this is this is Gordon Dragic. Um, he's got some ability, man. He's one of those guys who is you know smaller, but he's clever as hell. I think a lot of what you see in Fletcher in terms of his knowledge of how to play and his knowledge how to just um, beat people who look the part better than he does. I I think Foster's got all that stuff too. If Purdue's not really careful, you know, Foster Lawyer is going to get twenty eight points on you, and you know. Um, and that just comes down to what everybody else gives you. But, you know, Purdue's been doing a good job defensively. Purdue's been really consistent with his effort. I think that's another big part of this. Uh, and Purdue still has Zach Eady. So um, I think that, uh, you know, Purdue's going to have a lot of advantages here, but I don't think this is going to be an easy game by any means. I haven't seen if you've reported anything. Mason Gillis, his status, is he getting closer to a return for the Boilermakers? He's missed a couple of games with the bad back. Yeah, he's been practicing uh, this week, maybe not, like, doing everything, maybe not doing the uh, Fight Club rebounding drill uh, every day. But, um, <laughs> Good description. Accurate. I would expect him to play. Uh, whether or not he moves right back into the starting five, I doubt that. That's typically not been Painter's M.O. 
Um, but I think that uh, I think he will play. Um, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure they wanted to see how his how he felt, you know, in yeah. the day or two before before the game. Uh, but, but I don't know if you really have to rush him back. That's the good thing about this team too is that you've got you've got Caleb Forrest, you've got Trey Kaufman, Ren. You have wanted to get those guys more minutes. You've wanted to get more minutes for all three of those guys, but it's just how. Yeah, uh, I think the fact that Hakiti's playing 30 minutes a game instead of you know the 22, a lot of us would have figured he would play this season um, or 24, 25, you know, kind of around there. I, I think that's that's sucking up more center minutes and that's moving Caleb first into more four man minutes, um, and that's just more out of the four man pool that you. Uh, uh, you have too many good players and not enough yeah. minutes to give them. And that's that's a good problem to have, but it is a problem nonetheless yeah. at times. Hey, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. As always, enjoy the trip down to uh, Indianapolis, and best of health as always. Always good to be with the B team. <laughs> you had to do that. Thank you. I appreciate had that. Low-hanging fruit. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. We'll talk to you later. Yep. See ya. That's uh, Brian Newbert joining us, goldandblack.com on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with more. You're listening to The Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017 The Hammer.